Welcome, everybody, to a new installment that we are doing here on the Fragrophilia podcast. We would like to call this the Fragrophiles. These are sort of mini episodes that we are hoping to do where we can cover a certain topic or maybe a brand more deeply. And we thought that we'd start off our initial Fragrophiles with the brand Aesop. That is correct. Not too long ago, we, well, in several instances, we've brought up how much we love Wall. And we recently mentioned on a previous episode of the Normal Podcast that we had went into the store and kind of explored the line. We were a little disappointed because we couldn't get samples and because we really enjoyed quite a few of them. And the regional manager here in, near Texas reached out to us and asked if we'd be interested in exploring the full line, either in-store or she could send us bottles. And uh, if we just, she wanted to get our, our thoughts and, and feelings on the, on the full line itself. And we were gung-ho for that, absolutely, because we really do like this brand. So that's how it kind of started. And then we thought, wow, we're going to really dive into this. Maybe we should do this kind of extra episode, and maybe we'll just continue to do similar ones in the future. Yeah, whenever we feel like we have more to say on a certain topic that would run a little long for regular programming. And since we have 10 fragrances here that we're looking at, and it's such a line that we, as I said, align with, we thought we'd kind of take our time and go through it and kind of explore it and, uh, and introduce it to people who may not be as familiar. We'll start off with a little brand history, I guess. I mean, most people really know Aesop anyway, or at least on some level. You've seen the brown bottles, the... The skin care, the eye creams, the lotions, things like that. Definitely a bathroom status symbol. It is definitely, you know, nice hotels, luxurious spas. It just has that certain vibe, that the aesthetic, which the minimalist ethos and high quality natural and synthetic materials and things like that, that's part of it. If you're familiar with that already then you probably have a little inkling on what their fragrances are like if you're not familiar with those because it kind of captures all of that as well. Aesop was originally founded in Melbourne, Australia in 1987 by Dennis Pafidis, who uh, owned a hair salon. He wasn't happy with the, the quality of goods that were available, so he set out to create his own and um, been expanding the line ever since. Now, their first foray into fragrances didn't come about until the mid-2000s. They did a couple of de toilettes, and uh, but then kind of revisited it all and reestablished themselves in 2014 when they met with Barnabé Fillion, who ended up being their maiden perfumer throughout most of the scents, with the exception of, I think, I think only one. Of course, over the years, they're known for their stores and the retail fronts, and then, as we mentioned before, the quality of ingredients, and they've gone through a couple sales. They were sold originally to Natura in 2012, and then most recently this year to L'Oreal. Yeah, just in August. Yeah, yeah. I think it started in April and it's finalized now. So as we said, we are really into the vibe of this brand. I think if you are somebody who likes really dark green and earthy scents, if you like incense and patchouli, this is definitely a line that you should check out. That being said, there are a couple of fragrances that stand out from the rest and are quite different. I really do think that there probably is something for everyone in this line. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. But if you are somebody who's into like Le Labo a lot or a Comme des Garçons, I think that there's definitely a lot of um, brand and scent alignment here with Aesop. Yeah, I think that Le Labo is probably the easy comparison, but I, as two people who are very familiar with Comme des Garçons, it's very similar because you're getting a lot of, like you said, a lot of patchouli, a lot of green, a lot of woody incense and those kind of earthy, kind of magical vibes to it it's great for we're doing the you know doing this first episode in the fall it's perfect for the fall lead-in yeah and if you're somebody who loves the comme des garçons incense range in particular as we both do mm-hmm. i mean definitely first of all check out hual but really the whole range has a lot to offer in that kind of vibe yeah and there's just a certain luxury feel to it all it really does feel lush and dense and just you feel the quality and we love one this has been a fun couple of weeks just going through them over and over and just i don't know it's been really fun yeah and we've truly tried to take our time and get to know these scents over the last few weeks and i have to say 
there's some really quirky ones that have really charmed me here. Yeah, and there's a couple that uh, you know I, I, they're very challenging, and in their way, none of them are like a you know like dirty animal, like you know quote unquote offensively challenging. They're just like they take you on a journey, and sometimes you can go the whole path, and sometimes you can't, and it's it's fun there as well as as fragrance explorers, so to speak, to kind of travel that. Uh, yeah, I would say that I'm really interested in what's his name, Barnaby. Fillion, yeah. I, I'm really interested in his work because I know that he has his own line called Arpa, mm-hmm. which has been recommended to us in the past. And getting to know all of these perfumes intimately, I definitely would like to put that on our next to buy list for our sample kits. And it'll probably come up a few times about the website, but there's some great videos on the website. They really do tell if you're looking to go even deeper. There's all kinds of videos about the collections and the development of a lot of these scents. And it's really kind of cool to, to explore. And they also have the most amazing uh, overview at a glance thing that lets you browse their entire collection by scent categories. And this, Mm -hmm. you just have to go see it. It's such an amazing visual representation to find something that you like. And normally I wouldn't be into that. Or I feel like when people try to recommend me things based on categories, you know, it's, it never is encompassing enough, but I feel like they do a great job of it on their website. As a web developer, I would say it's it shows the quality of interactive good design because yeah. it just that's the thing. you you never talk to me about web design no and never <laughs> that was something you mentioned right away you're like hey this is really cool everybody should do this <laughs> um, but let's get to the fragrances absolutely all right the first fragrance re- uh, released was Marrakesh Intense now the version now it was released in 2014 when they kind of reintroduced the fragrances it was one of the early mid 2000s releases that was the eau de toilette i'll be honest not my favorite one yeah i can see it's it's very 2014 i will say that it is i think one that does very well in sales but to me it's it has a combination of ingredients that just for me personally I don't love. Now you said you liked it. And I'll just specify it's the kind of clove cardamom sand sandalwood mix you get sometimes to me comes off very flat cola. That yeah, makes sense. Like I, can, a Coca-Cola I can see how this smells a bit like a flat coke. But I will yeah. say like you have to really be into cloves to smell this because mm. it's it's a strong cloves and there's cardamom too. But there's obviously a ton of rose as well, and it's a very dewy rose, a very green rose. It feels very aromatic. I think that I can. this is also very unisex as well. It could be worn yeah. by anyone. It's maybe not as um, interesting as some of what the rest of the line has to offer, but I can see that a lot of people just really go for those either sandalwood scents or like a really strong rose scents and that this is both of those i think if someone who really likes like eyes closed by byredo which i know is a newer release but those kind of just really bold clove and cardamom fragrances which are actually pretty popular right now i i think i think they would like this a lot because you also get this nice rosiness and like you you mentioned like there's there's a dewiness to it um, yeah, it feels little, very cool to me, despite yeah. there being a lot of spices. It feels like a very cold rose. Mm, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think, honestly, this is something that is really easy to wear. It definitely feels like, you know, maybe exploring some of the chic shops of Paris in 2014. I can see that. You know, and, and I will say on dry down, as everything starts to level out a little bit and it becomes more of a sandalwood, kind of get more of those florals. It is a little bit more enjoyable, for me at least. I've worn it on the skin a couple of times and just like, you know, we'll get into this later, but if I'm choosing a rose scent from Aesop, I'm going to choose Rosu all day long. Yeah. Like, we'll get on, we'll get to that, but it is seriously a thing of beauty. I will say this has some great lasting power, though. I, yeah. Yeah. In the times that I, I tested it and wore it, it has some really good staying power and, you know. To me, that's always a good sign. But God, now that you say that like flat Coke thing, mm-hmm. that's all I smell. I'm so sorry. And then next in line, two th- so that was 2014, 2015, Hassett was released. And that's a Celine Burrell composition. She did Mason Detto's Canaan and Durban Jane. And Canaan is a big time Jane scent. 
Yeah, those are both scents that we really love. Yeah. So I knew that name sounded familiar when I saw that note about, you know, her being the perfumer for this. Interesting. Yeah. And it is one that I really, really like. Yeah. And I, apparently everybody else does too, because it's the top seller for the brand. Yeah. It is so pretty. It's, it, it has these like fresh kind of citrusy opening, but then it kind of gets this kind of vetiver. You get some green basil. You get a little bit of, uh, it's a lot of aromatics. It, it, um, I don't want to say it's like, it's not a cologne, but it has kind of a structure like that where you have a little bit of a woody base. You have some aromatics in the middle and you have the citrus up top. It's very fresh and green and, and clean to me. And it has some, uh, it, I don't know, it has some bold projection as well. I just, I really like it. It starts off with such a really strong pop because there's yuzu and some other citruses in the opening, which make it just very attention grabbing. Like if you were, mm-hmm. if you were smelling the entire line and you were just going off of the opening, I think Tacit would be the most impressive because it's just kind of in your face. But then it, as it wears down, you get that really beautiful vetiver. But I wore it this morning and I got a ton of fennel which I was loving. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, because there's fennel, rosemary, and mint as well. Yeah, it is. Um, and also, it was inspired by a little bit by In the Mood of Love, or In the Mood for Love by Wong Kai Wai, the film, which is a beautifully just vibrant film. When you read that for me, I can kind of visualize that a little bit. and it's Yeah, I haven't watched that in a while. Maybe I need yeah. to, to wear Tacit and... Watch it again. It's always on Criterion. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I will also say that where everything else in the Aesop line feels very like dry, smoked, aged, woody, and Mm. dense, this feels so different because it feels so alive, so fresh, and almost very stimmy. So it really does stand out from the rest of the Aesop collection. And if you're into green fresh scents, and I think if you are somebody who loves things like Green Spell by Eris Parfums or Monstera by Xenu, Tacit is definitely one to check out. Mm, I'm smelling it right now. It is, it is so nice. This is, I don't know if it would be necessarily a fall scent, but you could wear it any time. But I think it would perform great in late spring, early summer. Ah, what a great scent. I can see it being good for the hot Texas heat, too. Next, I think, is probably our favorite. And as we mentioned at the top, the introduction to the line for us. And that is Hua, which was released in 2017. It's smoky, it's green, it's earthy. But the thing that really drew me to it was the geranium in there. It's just got this kind of... I was looking for geranium fragrances in the spring... I wanted kind of a rosy-esque but more green floral, and it just nailed it. But then it has all these scratchy kind of earthy notes to it to balance it out. Oh, it's so, so good. This is, this is incredible. Yeah. And this is their most reviewed on Fragrantica, so I thought that this would be their most popular. But I think we were informed it is the second most popular selling scent in the line. Yes. God, this is like an ideal scent for me. And if this is a scent where, you know, around the time that I was getting into fragrance, this scent is so good, it could have just fully stopped my journey. You know, oh, I've been like, it wow. won't get better than this. This is exactly what you and I like. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, uh, anybody wants to know exactly our taste. It is yeah, this. I yeah. like this is the quintessential. Because the vetiver is so good. It's so oily. Anytime we put it on the tray, it's it's hard not to pick it. Mm-hmm. It's just such a it's a good it's a good scent. And now that we're kind of I've worn it all spring and summer, but I feel like it is really destined for fall. And I'm just I can't wait to wear it. But I've been calling myself a oh. alcoholic. I feel like we need like a um, you know like some kind of like drum thing. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Hmm. I'm going to get that on a shirt. <laughs> um, fourth is another one of my favorites. This is, uh, and that's Rosu, released in 2020. And it's just such a, again, since I've had my transformative moment with Rose in the last couple of months where I just can't get enough of it, this was one that I've seen mentioned a lot on TikTok, on Instagram, on YouTube. 
My World of Fragrance was one of the people that mentioned this being one of her fragrance uh, favorite fragrances. She may have messaged that to us. I can't remember, but she, we have we, such high regard for her. her. <laughs> and um, so we, this, I think, is why we actually even went to the Aesop store that day and kind of explored the scents. Yeah. We wanted to smell Rosu. And I've been wearing it like crazy. Oh, it's so good. You, you think that you found your rose with this? I wouldn't say that because now I just like all kinds of roses, but I really like, we were looking for, we wanted more Aesop fragrances because we really like the line and I wanted to, I don't know, this one was drawn. I mean, when My World of Fragrance says she really likes something, I want to test it out. And uh, so I went and tested it out and I really liked it and just being able to wear it as much as we have. Um, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a rose. It's going to be a permanent rose for me. It's a top three rose. And to tell you some of the backstory about this perfume, I feel like the concept is so cool. It's about the entire life cycle of a rose from the seed it sprouts from, the ground that it grows in, to when it's in full bloom, to when it's dead and dried. And you really do get... That dewy green aspect, the um, dry woodiness of maybe when it's reached the end of its life. There's a velvet petally texture at times, but you also smell the soil and rain here. So it's mm -hmm. just, it's a totally genius composition. Yeah, and you really just don't ever lose, even though you have so much going on, you never really lose that connection to the rose going through that entire life cycle. And I think that's just kind of a cool thing. But I will also say when we set up top that Le Labo and Comme de Grisson are two brands that you could really kind of relate to Aesop. To me, this is the fragrance that represents that most for some reason. I don't know why, but I think just kind of this, the smokiness of it, the dewiness of the rose, the kind of the ups and downs of where you're going with the rose in its journey. I don't know. It just reminds me a lot of, a, of Rose 31. Um, it reminds me a little bit of Wonderwood. It reminds me a little bit of Rouge by Comme de Garçons. Yeah, I can, so I can see all of those comparisons, yeah. especially with all of the vetiver. It does feel reminiscent of Rose 31. But there's also Shiso leaf in this, which gives it like a little bit of spice and kick, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, it's one of those things that I don't know if I know how to find it, but I think that I'm smelling it, if that makes sense. And it's just kind of one of those little cool twists. Next in the line was Miracetti. This is one that kind of I go back and forth on. This is a weird one. May I actually take a moment? Can we pause it so I can spray it on my skin? I need to figure yes. out how I feel about it. All right. You've sprayed it. You've had a few moments with it. What are you thinking? Well, it does feel very reminiscent of, you know, I can smell things like Rosu and Hual in it. But this is an aquatic scent. Miraceti means the boat, and I guess it's inspired by an old pirate ship. And there is some seaweed and I think some ambergris here, which gives it a little bit of funk. But smelling it now, I'm like, I'm actually kind of really into it. And I've, I struggle with aquatic scents that feature strong ambergris. I do as well. And I, I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it many times throughout the podcast that... Ever since we you got this note kit to kind of test notes and explore notes on a, you know, just kind of an individual level, and I smelled an ambergris extract or a tincture, it's just kind of, it was like too much. It's like looking into the sun or something. And, and now <laughs> it's changed my relationship with ambergris. You're not the same man anymore. So whenever I smell it, I'm jarred by the experience or something. I don't know if it's, you know, it's like a bad acid trip or something. It's but subtle here, though, don't you think? It is subtle here. But when you have a, a scarring event, it's, uh, you know, it's like it's, it's there. But that being said, it has this incredible powdery labdanum to it. And um, I really do like the cedar. I love the myrrh. So you're constantly, for me, I'm constantly going back and forth, kind of trying to get away from that ambergris seaweed scent. And that it is very, you know, fresh water and, uh, and sea, but it also has these incredible, oh, it does, that cedar alone. And that's, that super smoldering incense and myrrh. I mean, yeah. I think you and I can't resist that. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, to me, this is, 
one of the more challenging ones only because of my aversion to ambergris right now. Yeah. I'm sure that'll change because that's just the way things work. But it was one of my more uh, of these. It's probably not the one I'm going to reach for a lot. But I did wear it one day, just kind of out running errands, and it stayed with me all day. And it does settle into this really nice kind of woody, green, beachy scent. I, I don't know how to explain that. It is that. so yeah. green. And it's sort of like a milky, crushed grass type of feel. Yeah. But I really love that strong, strong incense there. And I think that this is one that, you know, I, it could really grow on me if I spend more time with it. What's the one from Maison Crivelli that has the rose in it? R- rose rose Saint- Santifolia? Yeah. You know how it oh, has yeah, yeah. that kind of just like, it smells like you're standing on a cliff on a foggy day and the ocean breeze is coming in mm-hmm. and it's kind of salty and it has that kind of airiness to it, that's open body of water to it, but then it has this incredible like green cedar and... Uh, labdanum to it as well. So, is it Pirates of the Caribbean vibes to you? Uh, no, because I never think of that, and I don't want to Johnny Depp this. No, I'm sorry <laughs> I brought it up. Shame <laughs> on me. <laughs> now the next release. This is one that I loved. This is probably yeah. my favorite, next to Wall, of course. Um, but this is Karst, released in 2021. Ooh, this is my kind of fragrance. But I'm going to let you talk about it first because I'll go on and on. Okay, so before we let Jeff go deep on why he loves this, just to give you what Karst smells like, it's a very aromatic, uh, green, spicy musk scent. And there's a lot of spices here. There's ginger, pink pepper, black pepper. There's also rosemary, sage, juniper, uh, cumin, and bergamot. So you that's just like a ton of aromatics coming at you. And it smells gorgeous. There's also vetiver and sandalwood. So it has this really amazing complex herbal musky profile. And I would say didn't don't you find this a little bit similar to Cinematique by Derduft? Yes. And it's it has a little bit of uh Le Po and Le Musk by Pierre Goyam. I will one day learn how to say that. But it's, with all that being said about all those aromatics and the cumin and, and kind of the, the, there's scratchiness to it, the sage, the vetiver, the sandalwood, it's very light and easy to wear, much like Le Po and Le Musk. And it just, it smells very refined and you put on a suit, you put this on, people are impressed with you. They know you mean business and it's so, so clean and I don't know. I love this fragrance so much. It was the one that I kept gravitating to, kept wearing, and would just kind of layer over everything. It didn't matter what day it was. If I just mm. walked by the tray and that was out, I just put it on. I didn't care it if smelled, I had anything else on. It smelled on. great. Yeah. It, it just, it, it, it started to kind of just like fill my office after a couple of days uh-huh. as well. So it was just kind of, I lived in it. So um i yeah i'm really excited about this and i just think that combination of juniper and cumin and sandalwood it's what i want it's what i want on a fragrance don't you feel it's very cool and breezy too oh absolutely yeah and it's still like a waft of fresh air it is it is and but you know for people like us and and heads that cumin note is done so well because it's not aggressive they're not trying to get funky with it or too animalic or anything like that it's just there to add a little umph, a little body to all these other fresh kind of breezy, uh, wafty notes. This is so sexy. Mm. It has like a salty skin type of feel to it. Yes. Yeah, I think that like if you're going to define what, a, what the new type of sexy scents are in this age, the 2020s, this is it. Yeah. This is genius. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, these kind of, there's a redefinition of what clean scents are, which used to be kind of like a a kind of a white musk with a little bit of citrus, and it kind of just floated on your skin, kind of close, and it was like, oh, you know, that's nice, it smells very, but now they've started adding, you know, a little bit of cumin, a little bit of more aromatics, like rosemary, thyme, or something like that, and it gives them a little bit more body, gives you something to hold on to projects a little bit more and i think it's just it's so much more interesting 
and yeah, I really like this. And uh, there's a that paper accord too, that I is one of my most favorite things in all fragrance. It's kind of it's not ISO super. It's I mean mm-hmm. it probably is, but it just smells like paper. A I bit. I love what you say about this like being the new definition of a clean scent or redefining yeah. clean scents. I totally agree. Yeah, there's just, you know, like you mentioned, uh, Cinematic and uh, like Le Peau and Le Musk, all in those kind of categories. Um, Dale Girard has has some. I mean, another 13 would be in that category, too, I would say, by Le Lapo, So um, Yeah, but you know, another 13 has so much hype behind it. And it's like, of all of the scents that you just listed, I love, I would rank another 13 at the bottom of now. It's crazy. Mm, yeah. I used know, to really like been, it. It's been so so long since I've worn it, actually. Right. I feel like we have more interesting scents that are kind of doing what that does now. I think this one. Yeah. Uh, um, but I'm really pumped up on it because I've been wearing it all week, and I just, I really like it. I was excited to talk about this one, so we will move on and give some others to, uh, this one is a little bit more challenging for me. So it's Aremia, released in 2021. I don't know. How do you feel about it? It's This is totally quirky. You really have to say Aesop did not care about what's going to sell. They were going to tell you a story. <laughs> and Because this is like green, slimy mushrooms, soft florals, some soft um, iris and galbanum notes. It's so many things at once um i think that the concept behind this is sort of post-apocalyptic it's about the end of the world and plants and foliage you know pervading the grunge of all of that uh, nuclear fallout i don't know but this has a, some sort of play-doh notes it's warm and rooty and there's like hay and weeds here I think that I remember when we were reviewing it for the first time, you had mentioned that it smells like something in the past tense. And for some reason that made perfect sense to me because it does, it feels like something that is no longer there, but you get a sense of it anyway. You know, it's, it's nostalgia. It's, it's, it's not necessarily or a deja vu. It's something of that kind of, you can't get a hold of it, but you feel like you've you've experienced it before. Yeah, that may have been the cocktails we were drinking when we were first uh, doing the notes on this episode. Like, I I was the note taker for this session. <laughs> our, our notes kept getting more and more poetic and inspired. And I did write that this smells like something a memory that you're smelling something that you're smelling in the past tense, which I can see. It's it's very like dead earth soft flowers maybe laid on a grave there's a lot of like iris which can can be such a kind of poetic gentle uh, feminine scent i do think that this feels more feminine but there is the mush of like decay you know you say iris and galbanum and it's all these kind of like powdery smoky i don't know there is there's kind of a green i don't want to say rot because that's not the right word. Because no. it is very, it, it is a nice It's scent. soft. It's, it's very yeah. soft and floral. But I think what you were saying about the post-apocalyptic world, where you are, the 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 bombs have fallen, or, or, you know, just like something has happened, and it's years later or months later or whatever, and that green kind of poking up from the, from the disaster is, that's kind of the way it is. Because it is, it's a... Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a, that kind of like, and there's a, another scent that we'll get to later that's similar, where there's just a certain dryness that's so dry. But unlike that one, this one gives you a little bit of green, gives you a little bit of hope. It's mushrooms crushed under your feet. Yeah. Dusted with green tea powder. It's so strange. It's strange. It's but- the most artistic out of the entire line, I have to say. But I will say that I have worn this, trying to wrap my head around it, and when you actually wear it, it dries down to this very interesting green lived-in skin scent. Like when you actually wear it, it kind of smells like the way that maybe a someone's body could naturally smell if they were like a little bit sweaty and had been rolling in a field of flowers and weeds. It also feels a little bit like 
You know when you're in a really nice hotel and they have a spa and you walk by no. the spa? <laughs> no. No? I've never been to a hotel spa. No. But like when you go to a hotel that has a spa. Okay. And you're walking down the hall by the spa. It kind of smells like what's in the hall. Because you still have that kind of hotel smell in the yeah. hall. But you're walking by a place that like has a Like the weird really... massage parlor at the Warwick? <laughs> yes. Or like if you go to the Jewel in downtown Dallas yeah, and I... they have that spa. And you walk by I and guess. you have to take that elevator over oh, by right. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you walk by. It's like it's still very like you're out in the normal hotel. So you're getting like all kinds of people's fragrances. You're getting all kinds of like restaurants and all that kind of stuff. But you walk by the spa, which is this like hidden room that's all serene and nice and fancy and everything like that. But maybe have, they have some pipe problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you get that little breeze from out, you know, in the crack of the door. It peeks yeah. out a little bit. And it's like, oh, they're burning incense and like using, you know, fancy lotions in there. So, you know, stay tuned for for further fragrophilia episodes where I talk more about this. I've got I've got to sink my teeth into this scent more and, and try to understand it. It's it challenging. Is, yeah, it's in. Yeah, it's. The other thing is that's interesting about it is I think when you first smell it or you first kind of spray it, I don't know that you think that it, you would necessarily think. If I was in the store and I sprayed this on a strip and smelled it, I wouldn't think it's challenging necessarily. But when you wear it and you spend time with it, then it's like, oh, this is a weirdo. Yeah, total weirdo. Yeah, it's, it's a weirdo. And I think that's. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but it's kind of, I like, we like that kind of stuff. I appreciate her. Yeah, we yeah. like that stuff. So. I like a scent that makes me go, hmm. It's unique. Yes. We'll give it that. <laughs> what are we on now? Idesis. Oh. Okay. Okay. You, you get into this because you feel really passionately about this one. I'm going to just, I'm, instead of going straight into the more obvious things, this always leaves me with a little bit of buttered, Movie popcorn. <laughs> and, I, you know, sure, that probably sounds kind of crazy. It is, in its heart, a sandalwood, Palo Santo kind of black pepper scent with very smoky incense vibes, much like many of the others. Uh, think El Cosmico, uh, De Los Santos, Santal 33 even. But and it, uh, just to say, El Cosmico is by Diaz and Diaz and Dirt, right. And De Los, and Santos, De Los Santos by Byredo. Yeah. But it has this kind of like buttery, oily kind of creaminess to it. I, I don't know how to explain it, but every time I smell it, and I am saying this as a fan, I really like this scent. It's just like, oh man, movie popcorn. But I'm the type of guy that wants movie. I want heaven to smell like movie popcorn. My dad was that way as well. There's nothing better <laughs> than movie, like true, proper movie popcorn. I mean, it's probably bad for your, you know. Yeah, can't can't with it that. Can't be good. That cholesterol report you got this week. Well, let's just get that out there. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, a lot of white florals have that kind of like pedigree. Um, jasmine can tuberose yeah. can have that kind of butteriness. Now tuberose will get buttery a little bit or more corn candy. chips. We've mentioned yeah. that too. So it has. That's what I'm kind of getting at. But it's just something that jumps out to me. Otherwise, this is your kind of modern sandalwood Palo Santo scent that a lot of brands have, especially a lot of luxury brands. It's right up there with them, but I don't know. This has, again, I love that. I love that hot, that, that, that butter popcorn. Nope, I do. And I think that butteriness could come from the pedigree a little bit. There's yeah. also some spice from cumin here. And a lot of their scents use cumin, which I really enjoy. They're big cumin fans, yeah. Yeah. And, of course, there's a lot of vetiver. And I love what vetiver does texturally as well as adding all the greenness. Yeah. it's. I think people who like sandalwood scents sometimes talk about the pickle, the pickle juice or the dill pickle yeah, kind of angle, which you, really you don't seem that. to ever get yeah. that. I get that a lot. Um, but there's also kind of that oily, buttery, kind of what I would call the popcorn note. And this is that. And it just, I just put it on because I really enjoy wearing this. 
You've worn it a lot and it smells so good on you. Yeah, I really, really like it. And it's great for this time of year. I think it would be good in the in the early summer as well. I mean, probably normal summer up north down here in Texas when you get to 105 degrees, it may be too strong, but it's a really nice sandalwood scent. I, I think this is one I would recommend to anybody. This is a good intro to the brand scent, I think. Mm-hmm. And I feel like where um, Hual, and I can't, what's the other one? Um, if Hual is very cool, Idesis is very warm. No, what's the, uh, the other? Karst? Of, no, no, no. Darn it. <laughs> yeah, I guess Mirasetti is what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, you know, um, just to go back, where Hual is very cool, cool incense, I feel like Idesis is very warm. It, it heats up on the skin. Yes. Oh, man, it smells so good. It never gets, it, and the nice thing is it, it's so wood forward in terms of what you get from it, but it never goes too dry. Mm-hmm. never gets too incense-y, and I, and I like that about it. It's kind of one of their more denser, um, thicker scents, if I may say that. I don't mm-hmm. know if thicker yeah, is a great no, word, but I, I it's totally like, it's, it's just, it's, it's got more warmth. Warmth is probably the best. You said it best. Now, the next one is one of your favorites. It's, it's my favorite. It's really found a, a special place in my heart. It's strange. And I think smelling the entire line of Aesop, this scent, Gloam, maybe isn't technically the best, but it it stands out to me because it's so comfortable being quirky and not like anything else on the market. This has a really amazing uh, spicy white florals and sort of licorice opening. Mm-hmm. It's inspired by uh, some Victorian era perfumes. It's also uses copaiba, which is an ingredient that is typically used to make varnisher, varnishes and lacquers. So it has that kind of a sharp varnishy smell, which is great. There's also makeup powder notes, some dry grassy roots. I get like a cat fur kind cumin of smell. Again. There's cumin in there. There's a lot of cumin. There's kind of warm leathery saffron. And then there's that touch of indolic jasmine. And the overall effect is... Bizarre. It's uh, charming. I really don't think that I've smelled anything like this. And it does sort of, the texture comes off sort of waxy, soft and musky. It's almost like, you know, a weird Victorian era aunt who (laughs) who was (laughs) sort of banished to live in the attic because maybe she got too many ideas about owning property or something like it's it's very strange we started wearing this or you started wearing it a lot while we were uh, forced to live at your dad's house for a few days while our air conditioning was out uh, and getting repaired so we were there for several days in this tiny little room and you would spray it in there and every time I would come into that room the lingering after effects of that would would be there. That was kind of like the room signature scent after like day two. And I really liked it. It it has this kind of pull to it that makes you want to wear. I just sprayed it on my arm. The thing I think is cool is saffron Mm. is one of those notes that can get a little overused in a composition to where it's off-putting to me. Like it, it can be so strong. Yeah, it's, where it's trying to be too leathery, too animalic. It gets ends up getting like plasticky, almost like a burnt mm-hmm. kind of plastic, and I don't like that. And this doesn't have any of that at all. It's 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 subtle. It 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 still leaves a lot of room for those those kind of like makeup powder. The iris is still there. The mimosa is still strong. Hmm. You you had originally I think said something about kind of like a waxy crayon. It reminds me of yeah. these uh, art crayons that I use that it, have um, yeah. kind of that powdery, strange makeup smell. But the the texture of this is very like Angora cat to me. It's fluffy. Yeah. It, it's yeah. so soft. Yeah, I, it's 
it's slowly kind of climbed the charts for me in terms of like ranking these fragrances that um and it's one of their new ones they came out this year earlier this year but it, it it's 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 grown for me i really like wearing i like it when you wear it to be honest well i just took a shower right before we recorded this and i didn't put anything on because i knew i'd have the whole aesop line in front of me and you know in the back of my mind i've just been waiting to put on a, a shit ton of gloam i love this <laughs> i love it so much it is good it's so good i i really have to give them credit this is out there yeah, and you know, after just speaking about the out thereness of Aremia, this is probably a little bit. Someone wrote in recently and was or made a comment on the podcast that um, they're very curious about what are they scents that only you and I would like, or people like us, or are they more a little bit more far-reaching or or accessible? And I would say this one is very accessible. For challenging sense, you think? I think so. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, Eremia and Gloam are the strangest out of all of the scents. I don't know if I would say that this one is necessarily strange as Eremia or the next one we're about to talk to. Next one is weird about, too. But I would say that this, if you if you want to kind of explore scent a little bit more, you want something a little bit more challenging. Uh, than what you're used to, but you don't want something that's going to be like, man, did I just waste money? Um, I think this is this is a good four way into that because it is a, a very curious, interesting scent, but it's also wearable. I you like I said, you you were wearing it and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it on you. I think if you like licorice and jasmine and being locked in an attic with art supplies, this <laughs> is your scent, and that sounds like my ideal day, honestly. I mean, it's part of the reason why I love you. <laughs> um, I want black licorice now. All right. Let's get to the final and probably most polarizing scent. Yeah, this was a little challenging for us. This is their most recent release and it is Oranon, just released a few weeks ago. And this is one that I've struggled with, to be honest. The opening is total fire and brimstone. It's like a bonfire with lavender laid straight on top of it to me it feels like the morning after you had a bonfire you were sitting on haystacks that were sitting there just taking in all that smoke it rained but it's warm enough that it all dried by the morning and you went out and you sat there right before you started that fire to make your coffee that's the smell of Oranon. it's so dry it's so kind of burnt the lavender takes so long before it kicks in. And when it does kick in, it becomes a lot more agreeable. Yeah, aromatic and soft, yeah. softer, much softer. But testing out this fragrance a couple of times, it's not hitting me. It, it, it's something that I, I don't know if I, I, can, I can like. We had another session with it together last night. And we were, again, just kind of frightened by the opening. And we put it, we both put it on our skin, and we're like, "Damn, this starts off crazy. It it smells like a disaster has happened." But then, after a good fifteen minutes, it settles down into this like very pleasant, agreeable incense scent, like so many of their other ones. It's just the opening that um, makes this feel so crazy to me. Yeah, I think the first time I wore it. And maybe the second time, um, it was so aggressively dry to me that I just didn't want to explore it much more. Now, last night when we tested it again and I just sprayed it on paper, I felt the same. But it was when I put it on skin, kind of in isolation, and I spent the rest of the evening with it. After, for you, maybe 15 minutes, but for me, it was like about 40 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. um, and it does have some really nice lasting power. That's when you started getting a little bit more of the lavender, a little bit more of kind of the myrrh, a little bit of the tonka. It started to round out a little bit. So it, I think when we first reviewed it, I had said that it's for someone who is maybe artistic or crafty who's very cerebral, who is very confident, and they want to have something to wear, a fragrance, but they don't want it to be, 
you know, oh, that person wears something floral or that someone wears something gourmand. They don't want a perfume perfume. They want something just to kind of be an essence. Mm-hmm. This would be kind of a fragrance for them. It's it's just, it's so dry. It's not something you're going to wear to an event or a dinner party or a date. This is a self-contained scent. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, I can tell that the cocktails were flowing when we were writing our notes on this because I've got them in front of me. And I, I don't know which one of us said this, but we described it as a testament to things that no longer exist. Okay. <laughs> I think that might have been the second last word talking. Yes. Um, but we did mention corn silk tea and bale of hay, which to me, kind of the corn silk tea alone, especially kind of really... You went through a phase where you were having a little bit of corn silk tea. I was, yeah. And that kind of reminds me of the boxes of it that we would have in the cabinet. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get that again. <laughs> uh, we also say wood chips, ancient ruins. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see it. But the notes, to the listed notes are, maybe this can give people a better idea of what this smells like. I feel like it is very hard to describe. The listed notes are pedigrain, elemi, lavender flower, frankincense, Hey, chamomile, cam- chamomile, myrrh, patchouli, and tonka. I think this is one of those scents as well that I want to smell in January when it's really cold. I think that I want to see that's what that's such like. a good point. Yeah, that, that really could be weather dependent, and it's it was you know still in the ninety degree range when we did smell this, so we could have a completely different experience with Aranon in in January. Well, and I had read the so it was released right before we went to New York, and. It, there's an Aesop store right uh, down the way from Lucky Scent. Mm-hmm. And the day you went to the museum and then to, um, what's the? Dover com- Street. Dover Street. And I ran around a little bit on my own. It was so hot in New York and I was just like sweating. But I knew that it was kind of like a drier hay scent. And I really wanted to smell it because we, we liked Gloam and a couple of the others. And it was after our trip to the Aesop store where we kind of tested a bunch. But even then I knew it's like it's way too hot to try this fragrance. Um, like I said, I'm curious to give it a try in January when it's really cold. I want to see how that how that is. Yeah, I, I think coming away from this conversation again, reflecting once again on the line as a whole, Aremia and Aranon are ones that really challenged us and ones that I think that we're going to spend more time trying to get to know because I'm not ready to like say, you know, I'm not into it yet. I think that they could still have more to offer us in different seasons and with time and understanding. Well, now that we've went through the whole line, do you have like a top three or a top few? What, what would be your favorites? Um, okay. So I'm going to say my... My top one, and I think you'll agree with me on this, is Hual. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why we're here today. We couldn't stop talking about how much we loved Hual. It's so good. It's like like you and I said, kind of our the platonic ideal of a Jane and Jeff scent. Um, second of all, Gloam. It's so bizarre. And smelling it again, I find myself, I'm just craving it. I don't know another scent like it. You and I smell things all the time. It's like... The iris, the greenness, the waxiness, the powderiness, the soft muskiness of it, the licorice, the varnish. I'm wearing it right now. It's very green floral. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's it's such a yeah, it is it's a it's a weirdo scent, and we mean that in the best of way. It's again, it's not a challenge. I don't think it's a challenging scent in the way that you know, we're calling it a weirdo and artistic and all those kind of things. So, but is I think maybe quirky. Go smell it. Quirky is the word. Yeah, quirky. Go smell it because it is really, really lovely. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, again, it keeps kind of rising up the list on mine. And I think third, I'm going to say tacit the mm-hmm. the green yuzu basil fennel rosemary scent. That's it's stunning. It's so delicious to smell. Well, number one worldwide. So. Yeah, there's there's a good reason for that. Yeah, I think those are my top three. But, you know, I also, I love Rosu. Yeah. Rosu is, it's such a poetic wear. I really love that I get the full life cycle of the rose. They they really nailed the concept on that one. So how about you? Well, uh, Hual as well. Um, 
But Karst and Rosu are right there. I really love Karst. It's such a Jeff scent. I know. That's why I didn't even like list it. It's so great, but it's it's you. Yeah, it is. It is. That is a scent that I am so grateful to have right now. And I'm going to wear the hell out of it. It's just, if you, I don't want to put it in terms of, you know, because everything's unisex or anything. But if you are a gentleman that likes a kind of barbershop, kind of like, a clone style, a real fresh kind of scent that would go with a wool suit at work or, you know, just like a refined essence. This would be a great fragrance to, um, especially if you're out there dating and things like that. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're a gentleman who likes attention from ladies, this is one to pull out. Listen to all the people giving you the same old stuff. You, You show up wearing an Aesop fragrance and it's cars people are going to be impressed it's- wait for jeff's top five panty dropper scents video yes <laughs> oh my god um but rosu as well I, um it's just that's probably my th- my three are going to be wall karsten and rosu i just really enjoy it i really enjoy wearing that scent it's it's rosy and kind of classically perfumey it's very chic and it has everything you would want out of kind of a rose, floral, woody scent. Um, but like you, I love Tacit as well. I love Dedesis because of that popcorn scent in the sandalwood. I think it's so good. And then I think Flom would be right up there with me too. I think Idesis is one I can really see you in too. I think overall, our whole journey through this line has, has it's been pretty astonishing, honestly. It's its a really impressive line. And it I, is. I hope that more people check them out after listening to this. They did it right with this line. They really did. And um, and we're very grateful that we had the chance to kind of explore it and share it with everyone. So, Yeah, I feel like Aesop is, is a line with a huge presence yeah. in the, in the uh, landscape of kind of spa-like products, luxury skincare. And I I really want to give them credit for going in such an artistic direction with their scents. All right. Well, this is our first, uh, I think that concludes our first installment of Fragor Files. That was fun. I was a little nervous. I know. I'm looking forward <laughs> to doing more. And again, we want to thank Aesop and we want to thank our contact uh, for allowing us to kind of go through this. This was a really great experience. Yeah. Yeah. And we hope you guys enjoyed taking this journey with us. And as always, thank you for listening. All right. See you next time.